to the Going Deeper podcast with Shane Dwyer. Chance to break open things that lie at the heart of the Catholic faith. Each month, Shane will be in discussion with a different guest who is seeking to live out their Catholic faith today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to our weekly podcast series on different aspects of living the Catholic Christian faith today. My name's Shane Dwyer and I'm your host throughout the series. And each month I'm joined by a different guest who brings their thoughts and experience to our discussion. So this week we're joined by Donna Brennan, Alpha in a Catholic Context Lead for Alpha Australia and a co-director of Encounter School of Ministry, the Brisbane campus. She's also the co-owner of the Prawnster Restaurant. As always, we'll be discussing a little bit about our favourite passages of Scripture as they help us understand this faith that is so central to our lives. And the topic we have in mind today is knowing who God has called us to be. So Donna, lovely to have you with us today. Thank you, Shane. It's an honour. And it's an honour for me too. You, you know, you're somebody that uh, I've become very aware of working in the church in Australia over the years. Um, just give us a little bit of background about that. You know, how long have you been involved in some of these things? Um, I only have really been involved in the church since I was 18. And it came through a youth group, which was at the time Antioch, which was one of the biggest youth movements ever in Australia. Before that, I had come from a non-practicing family. I'd been to Catholic schools. But I remember coming to Antioch and hearing about the Eucharist. And truly, truly, I had believed that the Eucharist was a symbol. And to hear that this was a sacrament, that this was the body and blood of Christ, it was actually mind-blowing for me. And one of the things when I looked around and I got more and more involved in Antioch as well as other ministries in the church was I couldn't understand why it, it almost seemed to me like, you guys have got great news here. Why aren't you telling people? And I suppose it was a natural, fertile ground for me to really move into that space of I want to be a missionary disciple because I couldn't understand why so many people had grown up with the Catholic faith but weren't proclaiming the good news about it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, for me it was just a natural progression. I think I've been involved in so many ministries in the church and... I had tried to evangelise in the church, but I was doing it in ways that probably were not effective. I remember I was in a parish and I said, hey, there's a great theology of the body course and I want to run it for the parish because I love some of the writings about theology of the body. I love what Pope John Paul II had written. And so I advertised this And this was a 500-seat parish and I thought, this is going to be great. We're going to have so many people. And one elderly lady came and she said, and I started the video and I was all excited, even though I only had one person. And she said, when does the massage course start? And it was a shock to me of we really have to begin an entry point in the church where people are out. Yeah, yeah. That can be, like, we've all been there, haven't we? You know, I can tell you a few stories myself. (laughs) 
going along and you're running something. And, uh, and we'll get into that. I'm really looking forward to, to um, unpacking some of those things that you've mentioned already and, uh, and giving us, um, I suppose, a little bit of an insight into um, your experience yeah. of uh, how it is that God works and, and, uh, and what does it mean, I suppose, to be involved in ministry today. Yeah. So, um, so let's do that. I think um, to help us situate with that, um, Donna, there's a passage of scripture here. I, I sent through to you as one of my favorites. Mm. And, uh, and um, it's from Romans 12 there, 1 to 2. Would you mind reading it out for us? Of course. I appeal to you, therefore, my brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your very selves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may learn what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm, well done. And just everybody, as you're listening to this, you know, right now, um, just think about the, uh, the text that Donna read out for us. It's, uh, it's from Romans 12, 1 to 2. It's a version that comes up um, in the breviary and, uh, you know, the, the prayer of the church. And, um, and it puts things very beautifully there. Paul has a very particular way of, um, I suppose, describing his relationship with God uh, and then what he's inviting us into there. Um, Donna, as we were preparing for this, um, you mentioned that this is a, a passage of scripture that you really love. What is it about it that you love? I particularly love the whole concept of renewal of mind. And I find that is the biggest key for me in my faith is if I can actively seek, and I actually can't do it, I need God to give me the grace to do it, um, but if I can seek to renew my mind, and one of the ways I have found older in life as I've progressed is that I need to ask God every day um, and really turn to him and say, and one of the ways I do that is I say to him, what lies have I begun to believe about myself? And it's actually the first question I ask God every morning. And the answers are varied because they vary because of the fact that we start to in, encroach in ourselves the hurts, the comments, the feelings that other people have imparted to us. And I know that God doesn't see me like that. So to renew my mind is to really look at myself the way he looks at me. Mm. And, yeah, so that's very basic, but that's no. me. But no, but it's really profound. I was listening recently myself to a podcast and, uh, and this fellow um, was, was talking about the healing of trauma yeah. uh, in the life of faith. And, uh, and I won't go into the details, but he'd been through a real traumatic t time as a child. But, um, but he'd subsequently trained as a, um, as a s uh, psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he said, one of the things that happens with trauma, there is the initial trauma. Um, and some of those, you know, the word trauma is a little bit um, not quite what you're talking about. But those, th those situations where we're made to feel a certain way. And they can be really significant or can be really small. Uh, but he says, it's what happens after that and the way that we actually keep 
re-traumatizing ourselves uh, and not actually um, learning what it means to let them go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the key is any piece of scripture. I think every time we read it, we have to go back to what is our identity. And if I'm looking at myself as God sees me, everything makes so much more sense. Ourselves is our in our identity. Yes. Now that's an interesting point to touch on here. You know, what does it mean for us to be the daughters and the sons of God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If somebody were to say to you, now listen, Donna, you you say you're the daughter of God. What do you mean by that? Mm. I would say mm. that I have. I'm an heir. I'm a. I'm a daughter of God and I was thinking about it the other day and I thought you know when I pray and when I pray for someone there's no one I would want standing behind me or within me or beside me who is more powerful more important than my father he is he's whatever you know what we could ever want to be in our lives so yeah I think for me it's claiming that identity and I mean, that comes back to a really personal point for me because my own experience of the Holy Spirit in my life and the way that I was really transformed to actually have a personal relationship with Jesus is because I have never known who my natural father is. And so how did God in his loving mercy, in his such a merciful God, this is how he came to me as a father. So when we talk about me as a daughter in Christ, this is personal because I don't know who my earthly father is, but I know who my spiritual father is. That's that's an amazingly beautiful thought. Mm. I I, I could imagine other people um, not wanting to think about God as their father because of the result of the experience that you've had. I wonder what it was that made you think God's going to be my father. Well, it wasn't so much that I um, consciously adopted that thought. It was when I really had – I went to a a prayer night and someone prayed with me for me to really feel the Holy Spirit. So how did the Holy Spirit work in my life? It was this overwhelming sense of, Donna, you have a father. This is your father. I am your father. And so it wasn't that I I thought, oh, well, I haven't got an earthly father. I'll replace him with a spiritual one. It was a really active encounter. Yeah, so it's an invitation that God made to you. Yes. And you become aware of that. Yeah. Uh, It sort of came out of left field, really. Oh, definitely. You weren't sort of anticipating (laughs) it. No, (laughs) no. And I was very reluctant, believe me. I was not um, comfortable with the whole thing of praying with other people and it was all foreign to me, but it changed my life. Mm. And I think that's what every encounter does. It's Mm. a personal encounter with the living God. Mm. This, this idea, you know, that we have this living God and um, this living God is on our side. Mm. You know, sometimes uh, in, in my work with people over the years, um, I suppose helping people uh, come to that realisation, there can be a real resistance because somehow we're, we can be brought up with a view of God, that the God is somebody that we need to keep slightly at a distance. Yeah. We sort of hope that God will do stuff for us when we're, when we're in difficulty. Um, 
but we really wonder if God is on our side. Yes. Yeah, I I can relate to that because I think I had had that imp- that impression my whole life. I remember walking around my high school saying, "I don't understand why you believe in Jesus. It's like believing in Peter Pan." You know, and for me it was such a foreign concept of if there was a God, why was he not changing the world? Why was he not involved? Why was there suffering? Why is there brokenness? Mm. And so I had all those questions. It's amazing when I started to get involved in the church and I actually fell in love with the Catholic Church before I actually had an encounter. I remember thinking, this just makes logical sense. I was at a retreat once and one of the young people asked, um, why why does the church penalise divorce people? And the priest who was there couldn't answer the question. I was so new to my faith but I read everything. I was so excited by the faith. And I said, because the priest didn't answer, I answered. And I said, and I was so new, like it's embarrassing now because I knew very little. But I said... I don't think the church is actually trying to condemn anyone. I think what the church is saying is marriage is important. And so I think I came in with the benefit of maybe not having grown up with baggage about the church, but actually coming in and saying, well, this is logic. This makes sense. We uphold this because it's good. And everything that God has done in my life has actually been for the betterment for me for my family, and that not all those things have been pleasant. And they can be a real struggle, can't they? Yes. You know, yeah, as we're seeking to sort of um, live authentic lives. Yes. Uh, I often say to people, listen, um, we're all dealing with something. Yeah. You know, and uh, and as we as we grow closer to God and our relationship with God, there are things that come up. That um, that we w- we have to attend to doesn't mean that we're bad people. Yeah. It doesn't mean that God wants us to feel bad. It's uh, it's that God wants us to he- wants to heal us yes. uh, of various things. And you can't ask for healing and unless you can acknowledge that uh, okay, this is what's going on in my life. Yes. You know, I'm trying to be a loving person, but I, I'm I'm not always. Uh, I try not to be selfish, but sometimes I am. Yes. Uh, I try not to to do those things that are going to harm my marriage or my, yeah. or, you know, all those sorts of things. Uh, and as they arise, I just have to deal with them. Yes. And we live in a culture that doesn't always cope with that very well. No, it doesn't. And I think the reality of that, like I love when you said, you know, particularly I'm thinking of my marriage and I'm thinking that's the great litmus test for me is to say to my husband... Well, how am I doing? Mm. And and to have that reflection, because I can actually sometimes be a little bit misguided and think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm holy or I'm doing great things, and but I, I'm broken. Mm. And, yeah, I am selfish and I do all those things and that's why there's such peace, joy, love, comfort, in knowing that there's a God who sees me and knows I'm selfish and broken and need healing and he continually wants to be reaching out to me, wants to change me, wants to wants me to be his arms and legs on earth. Yeah. 
Look, and I, and I think, you know, one of the mortifying things about this, uh, I often think this, St. Paul talks about it too elsewhere, where he's struggling with something. Yeah. We, we don't quite know what it is, yes. uh, but he talks about, you know, uh, he's been a devil to sort of beating yep. and uh, and uh, and a thorn in the flesh. Yes. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's vague enough to not know what he's talking about, but specific enough to know how he feels. Exactly. And uh, and we've all got that. And, yeah. and, and what Jesus says to him um, as he's praying, you know, um, I'm going to leave you with this yeah. because it's keeping you humble and, and it keeps you coming back to me. And uh, whereas we think, no, 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 we want God to take this away. Yes. I, I it, that you just said one of my favourite scriptures, and I refer to it often because I think that's the reality of humanness: is we want to be like Christ, we want to do the right thing, but how many times a day do I not do that? And I have to really examine my own conscience nearly every night. I wish I did it every night, but I don't. Let's be real here: I don't do it every night, but. To look back and say, well, why did I say that word? Why did I... I'll give you an example. My youngest child, she's 10, she threw up in the middle of the night last night. And she woke me and said, oh, mum, I threw up on the floor. And I had to choice in that moment while I was cleaning up vomit, which is the reality, of do I comfort her or I just say, go back to bed and choose a harsh word and the thing that Jesus would do is comfort her. And so I know in my day there are so many moments, little moments, where I have to make that choice. And I don't always choose that. And that would be my thorn in my side. I'm not always that good. <laughs> no, and sometimes you sort of think, how have I not got the point yet? <laughs> yes. You know, and... Um, the, I, I was struck um, last night, uh, I was um, giving a talk somewhere, you know, as part of a course that we're doing, and um, there are a couple of things that, that came to mind just as you were talking just before that I think are relevant. W- one of them is the awareness that uh, that God is on our side. Yes. Um, and how as Catholics in particular, for whatever reason, we're not always formed in that way. Yes. Um, and uh, and I don't, don't quite know where it comes from. I'm sure we could look at it sort of historically. But I was struck by an image. I was watching a, uh, a young man, a new father, and uh, in a cafe that I was in a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and he's with his little one who was just learning to walk. And uh, and you've been there, haven't you? You know where. Mm. Um, and you're sort of got, you got your heart in your mouth. The, the little one wants to yeah. walk, doesn't want to be carried anymore, but you're afraid they're going to fall over. That you're in a cafe. If they grab hold of a table, they're going to pull it over on themselves. You know all those sorts of things are all going through your mind. And so I was watching this father, letting the little one walk. Wow. And but walking one step behind. Yes. Ready to catch him yeah. uh, when he fell over and was going to hurt himself. And I thought, that's my image of God. Yes. Okay. This God is on our side and is just is letting us walk, even though sometimes we hurt ourselves. Yes. Yeah. I love that image. I mean, I'm a grandma mm. and that's my, I think as I've grown, I've begun to see more of the reality of that, which is, I know that my grandchildren, my children, I've all made so many mistakes. And God has a different image of time than us and a different 
um, imagine that. He's got a broader mind than I do. <laughs> um, that he actually, uh, it's probably not the correct terminology, but he plays the long game. He's looking for us to grow and sometimes it's going to be a really hilly, turbulent voyage and he knows that but he allows it for us and always being there. Like, you know, that the prodigal son is one of my favourite images of he doesn't just stand there and wait for the son to run to him. He runs to the son, you know, and it's like that's our God. He, he allows us. He gives us that free will and that's how we grow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah look, there's a beautiful um, saying from um, St. Francis de Sales. One of the things that, you know, I've been getting into lately is reading some of the wisdom from the doctors of the church. Yes. And, uh, and what it is they had to say about things. And, and, you know, and they've been around a long time and some of the language at times a little bit antiquated mm-hmm. and all that. But when you drill down, what are they actually saying? And one of the things that St. Francis de Sales said um, was... Um, just learn to be patient with yourself. Yes. Just learn to be patient. Understand that God is patient with you. Uh, God is playing the long game. Yes. You know, and uh, and and God is on your side. Yeah. Each day you get up again, uh, you try again. Yes. That's the way it is. Never give up. Yes. Is his basic teaching. Never give up. Whereas we can get a bit despondent. Yes, we know? can. I think we also get caught up in a false sense of. Um, you know, people talk about Catholic guilt. And um, it was interesting, I was in London a week ago and we had people from Asbury who spoke at the conference I was at and they spoke about repentance. And I actually found their concept of repentance refreshing because it was, I just said, I'm sorry. And I thought sometimes we sort of deal with repentance as, you know, like I love confession, I think it's one of the most freeing sacraments in the world, but I think we can get caught up in being too, holding on to our repentance. One of my daughters said, oh, you know, someone said, oh, I don't get enough penance. And she said to the friend, the the point is not the penance, it's the repentance. And so, yeah, I just, it was really interesting because I thought, I like how they're presenting repentance and it started being a practice in me i repent and let it go yeah and that's wonderful you know I, it comes up often in the work that i i do with groups and people and what have you and you get this you know this this lurking around of what gets referred to as catholic guilt yeah and um and i'll say to them Initially, I try to avoid it because yeah. it, it's a negativity and, a, and, yeah, a, and it a, I don't want to get caught into that. And then I started to address it and I say, look, what, what's guilt for? Yes. Let's understand that. And uh, it's like, so imagine putting your hand on a hot plate mm. um, and you feel pain. Yeah. Um, the expectation is you're going to take your hand off the hot plate. Mm. You're not going to stay there no. feeling the pain. <laughs> Don't. Uh, and I said, guilt's like that. Guilt's there to let us know, okay, something's happened that I should be concerned about. Yes. And I need to think about this and I need to pray about it. But you're not meant to stay there. No. You're, you're meant to get the healing that you need yes. so you can actually get on with what it is that you, that you need to get on with. And just letting you know up front, I'm stealing that uh, quote, Shane. All right, that'll be in one of my talks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it's for. Yes, um, and uh, and it's a tragedy when when we get stuck there. 
Yes. Because that, that is not God's desire and God's attention. No, I agree. You know, um, it's like, say, if, if God is the father who's walking behind the toddler, um, if the toddler falls over, God doesn't then jump on the t- the father doesn't then jump on the toddler, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and you know, and make it worse. No, um, the, the the father picks up the toddler and uh, comforts the child and uh, and says, okay, now give it another go. Yeah, uh, and uh, God's not there to cause us pain. No, in fact, I think a real relationship with God reveals His heart, which is love. That never have I been more loved, never have I seen more love than when I see the Father's heart. I think that's a beautiful place for us to end on. I'm aware we haven't talked about everything we could have talked about today. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Um, the uh, Because, you know, what you were able to come up with and how you responded um, was beautiful and mm. we really needed to, to dwell on that for a mm. bit. So I'm really grateful. Mm. Uh, and thanks for being prepared to put yourself out there like that. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm enjoying this. This is so much fun. Everyone should do this. Sign up for the podcast. <laughs> So, look, uh, everybody, we're just going to call it a, a, a day there now. And uh, we'll pick up again with Donna next week and uh, and develop some of these ideas further. Look, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch and send us your questions and your thoughts, uh, as I've mentioned a few times, our email address is formation at bne.catholic.net.au. Hopefully we'll hear from you. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for joining us in this episode of the Going Deeper podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation between Shane and Donna. May God bless you and all you